and A to Z of the Holy Land, from Arab to Zion, with Ed Kessler, Founder-Director of the Wolf Institute. Episode 21, You for United Nations. If we do not want to die together in war, we must learn to live together in peace. President Truman, to delegates at the creation of the UN, April 25th, 1945. The United Nations was established in 1945, but its charter originally made no mention of religion, and nor did it change when Pakistan in 1947 and Israel in 1948 became sovereign states on ethno-religious grounds. With 55 member states making up the General Assembly and a Security Council dominated by the victors of the Second World War, the UN symbolized a new global order. However, it was also a period of transition with an uncertain political landscape. The Holy Land became one of the first tests for the UN to demonstrate it could play a positive role in the new international system. Britain had held the mandate over Palestine since 1917, but was under increasing pressure from a combination of post-war economic constraints, Arabs and Jews being united in their deep dislike of colonial rule. Civil unrest and widespread distaste at attempts to prevent Holocaust survivors from reaching Palestine harmed both its global reputation and relationship with the US. In 1947, Britain handed Palestine to the United Nations, which soon realized the impossibility of creating a national home for Jews in Palestine, outlined in the Balfour Declaration, without harming the rights of the local Arab population. The rivalry of two nationalisms, Jewish and Palestinian, was set in motion well before then. But despite the UN's involvement, they have continued unabated to this day. The UN created a special committee on Palestine called the UNSCOP, which was tasked to deliver a single report with recommendations to the General Assembly. The Secretariat was headed by the black American intellectual Ralph Bunch, who led the decision-making process because the UNSCOP could agree on very little else. He wrote two reports, one calling for partition and the other, which he preferred, for a federated and economically integrated single state. However, the committee chose partition into two independent states, one Palestinian Arab and the other Jewish, with Jerusalem internationalized. The General Assembly voted in favor by 33 votes to 13, Resolution 181, which was immediately followed by rioting and then full-scale war, as well as anti-Jewish violence in Arab countries. Israel proclaimed independence, but since partition was rejected by the local Arab population and the neighboring countries, the Arab state was stillborn. During the fighting, over half of the Palestinian Arab population fled or was expelled, while Israel expanded its territory from 55% to 77% of Mandate Palestine, with Jordan and Egypt controlling the rest. The UN established a relief agency for the 750,000 Palestinian refugees, That's 85% of the Arab population of Palestine, which provides support to this day. Bunch negotiated an armistice on behalf of the UN in 1949, for which he won the Nobel Peace Prize. To suggest that war can prevent war is a base play on words, and a despicable form of war-mongering. 
The objective of any who sincerely believe in peace clearly must be to exhaust every honorable recourse in the effort to save the peace. The world has had ample evidence that war begets only conditions which beget further war. Ralph Bunch, upon receiving the Nobel Prize, December 11th, 1950. Conflict and UN resolutions went hand in hand. Resolution 242 followed the 1967 war and called for Israeli withdrawal from the occupied territories, a settlement of the refugee crisis and the termination of war. Resolution 338 followed the 1973 war and called for similar outcomes. The region has remained locked in a political paralysis that regularly bursts into military conflict and less often into peace negotiations. The UN has been unable to stem the loss of hope that peace might be achieved and its participation in the Roadmap for Peace, which started in 2002 and is known as the Quartet, that is consisting of the UN, USA, Russia and the EU, has failed to achieve progress. There have been outbursts of hope since 1973, sometimes not involving the UN, mainly because Israel and its superpower ally, the United States, do not see it as a neutral body. They view the UN's criticism of and focus on Israel as excessive and one-sided, referring to UNESCO's expulsion of Israel in 1974, although reinstated two years later, and to Resolution 3379 in 1975, which defined Zionism as racism, although this was also later revoked in 1991, Resolution 4681. A peace process was convened in Madrid in 1991, leading to mutual recognition between Israel and the PLO, and two years later, to the Oslo Accords. Although not directly involving the UN, Resolutions 242 and 338 were the basis for discussions. Despite progress and subsequent negotiations at Camp David in 2000, there's been no breakthrough. The UN continues to take an active role. In 2012, the General Assembly, which by then had increased to 193 member countries, changed Palestine's status from permanent observer, granted in 1975, to non-member state like the Vatican, a measure which implicitly recognizes Palestine's sovereignty. It's also clear that religion is no longer excluded from political debate. A combination of ethno-religious conflict in the Balkans, especially between 1991 and 95, and the rise of religious extremism gave rise to the need to reflect on the relationship between religion and international affairs. And on occasions, a positive religious voice is heard in the UN, such as from Pope Francis. Yet, there remains at the heart of the UN a conflict between individual religious identity, which is protected, and collective religious identity, illustrated by the decade-long disagreement about the meaning of defamation of religion between 1999 and 2011. Muslim-majority countries campaigned against defamation of religion, but Western countries saw this as an attempt to undermine human rights. This struggle is less about ultimate truth, but rather about how to accommodate religion in an interconnected world. The creation of the UN Alliance of Civilizations in 2005 is one attempt to foster interreligious dialogue and encourage contributions to peace by religious actors. The UN can be dysfunctional and impotent, yet 
Despite its many faults, globalization has ensured that the social, economic and religious fates of the world are intertwined. Like sellotape, it's not perfect. It's not pretty, but it will do. Swifts returning to nest near the Western Wall. 